Welcome to the Dirt Reporters Podcast for the week of June 1st. I can't believe I'm saying it. June 1st. I'm your host, D. Swab, Derek Kessinger, joined by the editorial staff of Notes Guru, Kevin Kovac, Big Shot Bob, Robert Holman, and Kyle Darren McFadden. Kovac, what a busy Memorial Day weekend. Have you caught up on your sleep yet? <laughs> it wasn't it wasn't terrible, you know. Like uh, you know, like uh, race wise, I was at at uh, at Wheatland uh, Luke's Oil Speedway for the Show Me One Hundred, and the races ran pretty well. But of course, uh, you know, Memorial Day weekends are always long. Lots of stuff going on. A lot of races. Friday, Friday got was especially wet though. I mean, there wasn't actually many races that ran on Friday, but the rest of the weekend was a full full card of. Uh, of action all over the place and uh, the, probably the busiest weekend of the year so far. And Kovac, you got lucky last year. You weren't at the show me 100 when we had to run a 24 hours at Wheatland, they canceled that show Thursday. So you got to relax down there in the Ozark area. Yeah, that was very, uh, like I was driving in on Thursday, uh, uh, driving through that kind of driving through the, I actually flew into St. Louis and then drove over there, uh, <clears throat> to, to Wheatland and I'm driving in the afternoon and got the word that the Thursday race was canceled. I mean, it was raining all day. There was no shot of getting that in. And I was so worried that, Oh my God, they're going to do a double header like last year. Cause last year it ended at like, I believe it was like two 30, right, Derek. And uh, after they got the two shows in and, uh, and the, the modifieds ended up running until like about four 30 in the morning. Cause they ran them after everything. So uh, I know like uh, the, the, the staff there at Wheatland was very happy that they decided to just uh, scrap doing uh, attempting a doubleheader. That was, that wouldn't have, that wasn't good for anybody. I don't think putting that much racing in one day. Yeah. Kyle, we had scheduled like four or five days of racing. Obviously Shelby got uh, postponed on Thursday, a couple races on Friday at the end of the weekend, when you look at your notes and stuff from all throughout the country, what kind of stu- stood out to you? We had a whole bunch of it, so it was kind of hard to digest everything. Yeah, I think three things kind of stood out, or I guess three drivers. You know, Brian, Brian Gustin picking up that first uh, Word of Outlaws win at Sharon. Um, obviously had finished second, you know, to Kyle Larson last year at Sharon in that law race. So, you know, good to see him, you know, finally get that – per se monkey off his back and, uh, you know, pick up that first outlaw win. Uh, we're all spales down at Cherokee, uh, back-to-back wins with the ultimate Southeast series. And then Max Blair, uh, picking up a, a close to $8,000 payday, um, close to his backyard at Erie's. But yeah, no, I mean, by far, as Kevin said, you know, the busiest, uh, weekend to probably this year, <laughs> This past weekend, I, I know that Todd, Todd Turner, managing editor, had posted something like in our Slack channel that we had broke a, a record for slideshows. I think it was like 26 slideshows, I think, this past weekend on the website. So uh, throw in that number, too. Robert, you were all over the place. Racewire, you're at Duck River with your race team and probably getting some notes as well. How does a fan or a reporter like you, how do we give them some tips? How do you keep up with all this shenanigans that happen in a weekend like that? Oh, you, you know, you better have a subscription to, uh, to That's uh, first and foremost. And you better have uh, a good internet connection. It's tough uh, out there in some of these places keeping up, you know, I, uh, at, at Duck River, uh, where I was, it's very spotty. I know there are times when I'm sending I was almost, I guess, kind of forgetting, you know, what others are out there doing. And I'm sending Kevin uh, texts, hey, can you go on my race pass and send me our times and stuff? Because I couldn't even get them from where we were. So uh, there's just a a lot to digest. And and the good thing, as much as there was to digest, you know, those Friday races getting – so many races on Friday getting rained out. I think we only had like three on our schedule that got, that got completed, which is so rare Just And then you think about still having so many photos uploaded and all this stuff that we, that we had going on. It, it was a really busy weekend. And, and um, you know, thanks big time. Thanks to, to Todd 
to Todd Turner because he handled the bulk of the race wire load this weekend. Uh, he was, uh, if, if we had 26, I don't know how many we have, but if we did have 26 slideshows, then I bet he probably did 20 of them himself. I don't know. I mean, he was, he was a machine as always, and he, he cut through it. And uh, uh, it's just, um, you know, thanks to his work that we are able to actually be able to look in there and, and hit a button and, and, uh, and see who finished, you know, fifth in, in Colorado or Louisiana or all around the country, you know, it's thanks to the work of really by everybody on the staff. It's really, really tough on a weekend like this to keep, to keep track because a lot of people don't, a lot of people don't take into account on a weekend like this that, well, photographers sometimes bear their cameras after the race on a, on a long weekend. You know, sometimes they, they lose their, their, you know, passwords to everything and they've gone to a, a barbecue or a cookout of the lake or something on Monday. And they're like, Oh, uh, yeah, I need to send you that. I forgot to send you that. Or, you know, so everybody, you know, we try to get everything in a timely fashion, but a lot of times on these long weekends, uh, you know, our, our, um, our help, which they do a great, great, great job for us. But a lot of times our help uh, out there, you know, they take a little time, and rightly so. They take a little time with their family themselves. So it's it's not that easy to collect all this information. Yeah, shout out to Todd Turner. That guy is a machine. I think he has like shortcuts on his computer where he can press like two buttons and an article just pops up. He's a wizard. We love to have him. We, we can't appreciate him anymore. And Kovac, we will get to Fergie in a second. We're going to dive deeper into it. Big news, him, him winning his first crown jewel. But I think the bigger news of the whole weekend possibly outshined it was the track conditions at Eldora on Sunday. Some drivers had some things to say. Um, it was kind of a little shocking to see the track like that, especially in June. And I don't know, I'm kind of getting a little nervous here, Kevin. Uh, I don't think you're the only one getting nervous after seeing that. Uh, I mean, the first one that uh, the Castrol flow race back in the end of April, uh, obviously that was pretty rough. Uh, new surface down. And it was the first time they ran on it, and and it just was a you know a, a lot of rain before that. So I think people could give it a pass, but then you come back a month later, and you're only you're, you're less than a week, you know, less than two weeks from the beginning of the million and the and the dream, uh, like the biggest four day stretch in dirt late model history, really, without much money on the line, and and the track surface is tearing up cars. I flew back from from Wheatland. Uh, on Sunday night, and as soon as I landed, I turned on the on flow to to check out what was going on at Eldora. It was a few laps into the feature, and it was like every lap I saw somebody pulling up lame with a you know a crushed uh, nose piece. Uh, uh, Kyle Bronson's the, the entire right front corner of the car is ripped off. Uh, Bobby Pierce blowing a tire out, just ripping it apart. And I mean, like every lap, there there was something happening, and I and that's I don't even include. Josh Rich, I didn't even know Josh Richards incident had happened where he had gotten hit on the first lap by a giant mud clod and, that was and bloodied his face. It, yeah, it was terrible, you know. And, I mean, he, he made him slide sideways to a stop and, and he gets out of the car. Luckily, he wasn't knocked out and uh, he's got blood running down his face and he's asked to go to the uh, hospital and ends up with a shattered nose and uh, three cracked teeth. And I mean, uh, that's, that's brutal. That was a brutal night. And I mean, I think I, there was like, what, seven or eight cars finished the race and that's only 30 laps. I mean, what, what would happen if this is like this, if the track is like that for a hundred, for an entire weekend, I mean, oh, I mean, like we are, everyone is just crossing their fingers now. I, I, there's, there's no doubt that's going to, it probably will turn a few drivers off. I mean, about, about even attempting it. I mean, maybe they're going to be so worried about like how much, uh, you know, how rough it could be on their equipment. But on the other hand, and man, if it would be like that, you're, you're, you're totally resetting the, the, the situation there. But I mean, you think probably Brandon Overton, Jonathan Davenport, Tim McCready, Dale McDowell. I mean, the, those are the, and Chris Madden, I, I, I would rank those five guys as the top five uh, favorites to win there. If it's a slick track, like a slick, smooth track, like it normally is. If it's like this, where it's a survival of fittest, I mean, you could potentially have 
uh, like a, a, a totally unexpected winner, which would, I mean, that would be a heck of a story in itself, but we, you don't want to see a race like that where it's just going to be uh, just mayhem out there and, and caution after caution and nobody being able to, to really race because they're just uh, trying to survive. So we'll see, hopefully they've gotten that thing worked out. Hopefully there's no more rain, not much, a lot, a lot of rain in the next few days. Um, the next week before we go there and, and the racetrack will be back, but man, something, something's different about it. There's no doubt about it that like something's different about that racetrack with that new surface that they have to figure out. Yeah. And Kyle is really quick. Imagine four or fives drop out, four or five drivers drop out. How tough is that going to be for you guys trying to get the interviews? They might give you the bird. They might actually hit you because they just had a million dollars taken away from it. <laughs> and I was talking to Wiley Moran, like legit, if the track is like that, anybody can win because it is survivor survival of the fittest. So if you just make the show, you got a shot if it's like that. Yeah, totally. I was, uh, you know, just kind of going through maybe some of the Facebook comments on Kyle Bronson's post, which, by the way, he came out and publicly, like, apologized for his comments in uh, the dead heat, like, of the moment. But still, you know, raw emotion. I mean, you have to <laughs> have to think about it. If um, if what had happened uh, on Sunday at Eldora evoked that kind of emotion and response for just tearing up a race car like that, you know, obviously, you know, those things aren't, aren't cheap. And, uh, but with a million dollars on the line and, and uh, you know, a spot in history uh, could go by the wayside if like something freak like that happens or if the track conditions or even a resemblance of what we've seen the past two shows this year at Eldora, then uh, yeah, for sure. You're going to need to kind of tiptoe your way through the interview or, or uh, just kind of feel out the possible scene would, would look like. Um, and so, yeah, you know, I think, you know, there's probably, uh, you know, Chris Madden, Davenport, uh, Brandon Overton, Brandon Shepard, you know, obviously, you know, those would be uh, probably your, your top four. You know, you can throw in Dale McDowell too, especially after, you know, this past weekend having a pretty strong run at 411. But I mean, there's a, dozen guys you know I think that can toss in there uh on the whole and so yeah I mean it's going to be interesting I was kind of looking at the weather just now and uh I'll say it just to say it you know 40 percent chance of rain on Monday uh last night I looked there was like a close close to 40 percent chance on Tuesday but that looks like that's 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 lowered to like 20 percent right now and 40 percent chance next Wednesday on the uh, preliminary night. So hopefully uh, that, that uh, clears up before next Thursday, because uh, we just certainly don't want to see anything close to what we've seen here recently. Obviously you, you give the Speedway benefit of the doubt. And um, I know on Fast Talk this past week, you know, we had discussed, are we going to push the panic button? Is that even in, in, uh, in the view right now? Um, personally, I, I'm not pushing it. You know, I think everything will be okay. But, you know, then you look at this past weekend and, you know, we're a week, a week now away from the whole thing. And, you know, it just makes you wonder. And so hopefully uh, there's none of that coming up next week. Yeah, it's pretty much overreaction Wednesday. Are you hitting the panic button, Robert? Uh, no, no, not even close just yet. Uh, like, um, like I mentioned in our fast talk, the staff at – at Eldora, they really have a lot riding on this. Uh, Tony Stewart has a lot riding on this. You know, the dirt late model world has a lot riding on this uh, upcoming, you know, week, uh, you know, next week. I think there's almost too much riding on it to, to let something like this play a major factor because I think I'm not a dirt expert in terms of surfaces and and that sort of stuff and 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 that's not my my background my forte but I, I believe that you can do things to the surface to avoid the um how rough it is you know it might be very very dry uh it might be i mean i, I just think there are things that they can do you know you know hide the keys to the water truck pull a pull a plug wire off of it take the starter off the water trucks, whatever you got to do. You know, they talked also about how the moisture 
you know how cool it is in Ohio, even in June, uh, when the sun goes down a lot, most of the time we're up there, that the moisture just pulls back up to the top of the surface, and that's what it starts to just, just kill this, this clay that they've put down. And if that's the case, it's going, I don't know what it's going to take. I, I don't, me personally, and I might be 110 times wrong on this, but I'm going to, every day that the sun is, is out right now, I want the track cut up and opened up and drying out. I want the wind on it, the sun on it, uh, the heat on it. I want it, you know, I want, I want the track opened up, cut up and, and let it, and let it hopefully get it dried out deep down in there. If it doesn't get dried out deep down, then when we do have more rain, how are we going to keep that moisture from coming back up? I, I don't know. And we might run into this, this issue. I just feel like that, that they've got too much riding on it. I think they'll get it. I really do think they'll get it figured out. So no, I'm not hitting the, the panic button. And people have to understand, unfortunately, you know, maybe they should have done this last year, obviously, I guess, but you know, still when you put, fresh dirt fresh clay fresh surface on a racetrack any racetrack there are so many variables that go into it that that are going to to keep you from getting it perfect and the thing is it's not like eldora runs late models every week on this deal where they can continue you know late models are heavier than sprint cars maybe they need the stock car more stock cars out there i don't like again i'm not an expert but I know there are a lot of people out there smarter than me that they can pick up the phone and call if they wanted to, but I'm sure they don't feel like they need to. I'm sure they feel like they've got it under control. And, and hopefully again, imagine how, uh, this is as, as a dumb reference, it's a dumb thing to say, no, it's a dumb reference, but I'm going to throw it out there anyway. You wash a load of towels, you let them sit in there for, uh, you know, about three days before you dry them. Right. When you reach in there and grab them out, the top ones kind of seem dry, but the deeper down you go in there, it, they're still wet, okay? Well, the best way to have dried them out is just pull the towels out anyway if you're not throwing them in the dryer. Just pull them out, and if you pull them out and lay them out, then they'll dry faster, and they'll dry a little bit better. The surface is kind of the same way. Right there on the top of it, uh, it's going to seem dry, but as much rain as they've had in the Midwest, and they've had a ton, as much as much rain as they've had up there, the more you keep pulling that dirt up, the wetter it is, the wetter it is, the wetter it is. That's why I say you've got to keep turning it and keep turning it and just try to get that dirt to the top, the wet stuff to the top. And, and hopefully at that point, you know, you can some somehow get it manageable. That's my two cents, which uh, it literally is about only worth two cents. It's worth a buck 50, Robert. Don't be saying that on yourself, but yeah, it's going to be a topic of discussion leading up to it here. Starting next week, it's one week out. A lot of guys were texting me. A lot of guys were chit-chatting about it. So everybody's thinking about it. But if you know Tony Stewart and the people at Eldora, they got the equipment. They're going to work their butts off to make it the best possible uh, track condition and surface that we will have for the million dollars. So we'll just have to wait and see next week. But Kovac. The big storyline, another big storyline, we mentioned it, Fergie gets his first crown jewel win of his career, the Show Me 100, a famous race in Missouri and in dirt late model racing. He outdueled Jonathan Davenport, a big, big time win for the Mount Holly, North Carolina driver. Just, I thought it was one of his better performance driving and holding off JD, who's just so, so good at the Show Me. Yeah, it was, uh, that was, it was, this was a long time coming, uh. You could see that Ferguson, I mean, he's not a full-time national traveler. He hasn't uh, run an entire full series uh, with Lucas or the Outlaws. Or, I mean, he's dabbled in, in a lot of the bigger races, though. I mean, so he's, and he's, in, in the last few years, he's hooked up with Scott Bloomquist running his, his uh, Team Zero cars and um, kind of went under Scott's wing and, and learned the, and has been, uh, Scott's preached to him a little bit about how you have to be smooth, how you have to be patient in these long races. And, and if long races are the big ones or the crown jewels, uh, uh, and, and that's what Fergie has been going after. I mean, he has a modest team compared to a lot of others. Uh, there's two cars, both two 2018 Bloomquist cars that have been cutting 
you know, and, and, and fixed a lot of times in the last four years. Got two engines, never had two, more than two engines in his life as a, as a racer, you know, racing. His father owns the car and his father's not a, uh, you know, a big business owner or anything. Just a, he's a painter at a, at a body shop. So, you know, they don't have the resources. It's more about getting the sponsors and selling merchandise and, and, and making enough money, racing smart to make enough money to, to, to go. And <clears throat> he's put a, put a team together though now that he feels he can do it and, and he's gotten the experience and, and it was all on display at, 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 at Wheatland. I mean, that he ran a great race, uh, smoothly kept himself patient, uh, kept tires underneath him, run basically run the inside most of the race. And next thing you know, there he is. He's running second and has a shot at, uh, at getting by Davenport. And, and what I thought was pretty good, what, what Fergie talked to me after the race, I mean, I, I spoke with him, kind of was almost a half an hour he talked in the tech barn, a tech shed there after the race. And uh, just about, I mean, he's a talkative guy. So he said pl- plenty. And, and he had said there, ha- there comes a point where you, you just can't be content. You can't be content to just pay hey, out. I'll, I'll finish second here. Uh, if you're going to win races, you got to get to a point where like, you got to go out and take it. They're not going to just come to you. And if he would have just kept following running smoothly in the bottom, he wasn't going to get Jonathan Davenport. He had to make something happen. He said, and he had a better car, probably. I mean, he had a really good grace car, and he was able to just get up there. I mean, there wasn't – he didn't go pounding the cushion. He didn't go, uh, you know, overreacting to any little movements that, uh, you know, a bad lap with the lap car or anything like that. Just inched his weight a little bit higher than than, than, uh, than Davenport, was able to get alongside of him uh, as Davin, as they both came up on Earl Pearson Jr. to pass him. And, and, and they go into turn three on lap 88, and Ferguson's on the outside of – Davenport right there with Pearson in front. Davenport tried to actually spin out Pearson. He said he should have done it before that, but when he tried to spin him out, he realized Ferguson's right there. He had probably taken Ferguson out too, so he kind of you know changed his his line a little bit and did hit Ferguson, but he ended up spinning himself out and uh, Ferguson went on the win. Great performance. Like I said, this is uh, there's no full time guys on, on Chris Ferguson's team. Ferguson's a full-time driver now. He did leave Butler built his job there that he's had for several years last, uh, last fall. And so he's now a full-time driver. He says he doesn't take a salary from his father uh, as the car owner, but he does make money from the merchandise, talent selling t-shirts. Uh, he has some of like an racing business too. He said that he's able to make enough money where he can pay his bills and focus on racing now and, and focusing on racing has, has definitely helped him. He says, he doesn't, he can go to the racetrack, not like just after working a whole week. I mean, anyone will tell you that's a big thing. And, uh, and, and now he's broken through and how good he was on a slick track of Eldora would be slick. He'd be pretty good there. Cause he's, he's, he's come from deep in, in Eldora crown jewel fields to finish well, but he's never qualified well enough to really be up front. Uh, the whole race, he has to come from behind. So, man, if that track <laughs> ends up being to his liking, he could be a real big factor in, in the million and the dream. Yeah, what a great performance, holding off JV there. Probably one of the better tracks I've seen at Wheatland for the feature. It was nice and slick, top to bottom. Guys could move wherever. It was uh, pretty entertaining to see. Kyle, that's his second $50,000 win of the season. He's counting up the money here. Good, uh, good start for Fergie. He's kind of liking a good 2022. He just wins these big 50Ks, he's going to do all right. Yeah, no, I, I was talking to Fergie after, you know, his podium finish at the Colossal 100 at the Charlotte Dirt Track. And I think he and Chris Madden, I think Jonathan Davenport were, I think, the only three that week to finish in the top six, all three races. I mean, he's been in the conversation for wins every time he's unloaded, you know, this year. And he couldn't say that last year. I know that he, uh, I think he picked up, what, one win last year. And that was back in March. And uh, just had a lot of struggles last year on the track, off the track. It just seemed like nothing could really go his way. And um, obviously, you know, the, the tables have absolutely turned. And so I know I was talking to Fergie at Charlotte and, uh, you know, he was um, intentionally, you know, taken last weekend off in preparation um you know for the show me 100 just because he just uh that one had been circled on his calendar you know since the start of the season and just the first crown jewel and I think he finished second uh at Wheatland last year 
in one of the races, either um, at the show me final night last year or uh, just another event or prelim night of the show me. I mean, he's uh, steadily progressed, you know, as you would hope for in his career. And, um, you know, he was just uh, the energy's high with him right now. Um, you know, he has a lot going for him. And, you know, those Bloomquist cars, they certainly roll around Eldora pretty well. So just you, you have to think now that, you know, he's in the conversation as a friend's favorite, as a favorite perhaps, to bring home maybe that million-dollar check. I mean, that is certainly can't be too far, you know, from that conversation for him. So I was kind of going through some of the crown jewel winners. I guess if, if you would say crown jewels, I guess – Blue Gray 100, the Dream, North South 100, Prairie Dirt Classic, Show Me 100, World, and the Topless 100. You know, I think that's a that's a pretty uh, fair seven to say. You know, for for Crown Jewels, and you just kind of go down the list of guys who have you know won Crown Jewels. You know, the 35 and under club. You know, Brand Overton, you know, six. You know, Brand Shepherd three, Bobby Pierce three, Hudson O'Neill's got two. Uh, Ricky Weiss, Devin Moran, Josh Richards. I don't think he's under 35, but uh, he's on the club or he's on the list as having at least one. I guess, you know, Fergie would have been next in line to uh, pick up, you know, that crown jewel. So good for him. And uh, I guess now you have to be looking at, you know, who could be next. Next week's show, we might have to like rank, you know, top crown jewels because you're like a little off on some of them I feel like I mean the blue gray 100 out of like USA nationals and the yeah, it was alphabetical it was alphabetical oh okay I mean <laughs> maybe, maybe he's thinking no. north south was, he sorry, might have, sorry. north south 100 not it's blue gray 100 that. maybe maybe that's yeah, it no, you know? sorry all right then okay all right we're just making sure we'll we'll, we'll have to do that sometime <laughs> probably probably for, uh, crown jewel. yeah that's no we can fun. We can, yeah, yeah, for sure. Hey, well, he didn't throw in the Williams Grove National Open or, or you know, yeah, okay. or, you know, anything like that. So, you know, we still have to shake the sprint car out of him a little bit. This guy. So, you know, so. <laughs> Robert, I'm just looking at you. You look calm and collective, just like how Fergie's been the last couple of years with that new driving style, that new race car. I was texting with a close friend from Fairbury, and he was saying – Never in my life would I see Chris Ferguson drive like that with that driving style. I'm just always remembering him up on the wood, uh, breaking track records, winning, you know, like World of Outlaw races that are like 30 to 40 lap shootouts. It's just he's kind of coming full circle here the last couple of years, and obviously this year in 2022. Uh, first of all, I am sitting here calm and collected because the two of you guys took care of, of uh, Kyle's – a misstep with the uh, the whole blue gray thing. I, I, that was my next. That's not a crown jewel. It's not even in the top ten. So anyway, moving 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 on. We we will we will uh, move back to Fergie here. Yes, smooth. Yes, that's what these Bloomquist cars dictate. You be. I mean, these cars are made and. These cars are made for, like you guys just kind of mentioned, long races, the long, the big payout. These cars were designed, and I talked to Fergie, as we all have at some point this year. Fortunately, we've all been able to get out and, and really see his success firsthand. I think all three of us have now, all four of us. I spoke with Fergie, and he's like, you know, I, I really never – he's like, if you think about – when Scott was building these cars, when he designed these cars, the big money races, you know, the, the dream that, which he's obviously won a time or two, the world 100, these bigger, longer races, that's, that was his Scott Bloomquist bread and butter. That's what paid his bills. That's what he sought. He sought the big paydays and those big paydays were typically 100 lap races. Those big paydays, you know, now you can, even back then, a ten to twenty thousand dollar race. Some of those were hundred lappers, you know, which is unheard of now. If you ask a guy to run a hundred laps for ten thousand dollars, they'll probably, you know, they they won't show up really. Uh, and how dare you ask for a guy to run for a hundred laps for a ten thousand dollar race on a two day show? They definitely won't show up, and rightly so. It's as expenses 
are nowadays. Scott Bloomquist race cars, you have to be smooth. Look at Dale McDowell. Uh, look at uh, the success that uh, Chris Madden had in, in the, the Bloomquist car. Uh, look at, obviously, Scott himself. And these are smooth guys. And, yes, Chris Ferguson did have to kind of, you know, change his style a little bit to fit the car. Uh, you know, I, I don't think he's just completely gotten away from from. He's won a bunch of races, guys. You know, he's won 17 Carolina Clash races, 15 Ultimate Southeast Series races, and a, a series championship. He's got, uh, I think, six now six national touring wins across three of the tours. That's three Lucas, two World Outlaws, and one XRSS. And, of course, he has two Southern All-Star wins. Uh, he has wins, and he has wins all across, obviously, the Southeast, but he has now – uh, proven himself in the Midwest uh, over the last probably three to four years. While he has changed his style a little bit, uh, we know that those those races throughout the Midwest also, you know, ask a Shannon Babb, you can't just completely get away from your style just because you're in a Bloomquist race car. You know, basically, you know, when you start hanging out with Scott Bloomquist and Shane McDowell and... Bruce Nunley, they're in Knoxville at Bruce Built. Uh, and, and those guys, it's going to change when I'm so It's also a driver try to transfer that to the to the racetrack and so i think the off season has done wonders uh for chris ferguson uh not only for chris ferguson but you know those bloomquist cars especially yeah fergie kicks off crown jewel season with the big time win at the show me 100 and kovac uh you got some good notes from him there you kind of looked at all the money he's made so far compared to other years and just his driving style a little bit uh, yeah, well, he's got those two $50,000 wins. I mean, you know, the other, the XR1 at, uh, at Bristol, it was only 50 laps, so it wasn't that 100 lapper we was after yet. But that two races, $100,000 before Memo by Memorial Day weekend here. And total, total, <laughs> this total take this year is just under $200,000. That's in 14 races. <laughs> he's made 14 starts this year. That's less than most guys ran during speed weeks, the entire speed weeks. And he's made two hundred thousand, almost two hundred thousand dollars, less than five thousand dollars away from two grand, two hundred grand. That's more money already this year than he's ever won in an entire season. He's beaten his in his career high season earnings already uh, before hitting June, which is uh, pretty pretty impressive. I mean that that Bristol weekend for him really put him over the top. He made one hundred fifteen thousand dollars in those two weekends at uh, Bristol. Uh, four races. I mean, he, he also he finished third in the points for those three nights, uh, the XR points there. So that was another 25 grand. And if he hadn't dropped out of the first race uh, of the Bristol Dirt Nationals, it's possible he could have like won that title. He could have beaten Madden for that title, which would have been another $75,000, $100,000 total. And so he'd be over a quarter million dollars in earnings if he would have gotten that. So well, what, what's so cool about all that, that? That's one of the cool things about the big money that's on the line this year. A guy like Ferguson, who's never won that much money, has been able to fill up his bank account here. And, and that's going to keep him racing. I mean, a key thing he told me at at, uh, at, uh, at that Wheatland after the race, the money he'd won already from just from that Bristol, he was able, he's been able to pay off him and his father pay off their, Clement's uh, engine bill, uh, their bills for the first, uh, completely pay them off for the first time in five years. I mean, they've, uh, Clement has always worked with them a little bit, I guess, to, um, you know, help them get along and, and, you know, run a bill there a little bit. Uh, uh, and now it's, he was able to completely wipe it out because he's made so much money this year. And that's, that's pretty big for a, for a team, you know, that, you know, has two engines. You can't get a lot, but you got to be able to pay your bills. And, and here he is, he's, uh, he's come up and, and paid him and, and, and also talking about his development as a driver. He mentioned, uh, 
uh, you know, he kind of grew up running at Cherokee, a lot of that rubbered up racetrack, uh, not real slick, you know, like that he, that he runs on that show me, but he showed that he can run on a show me at Eldora, stuff like that. And he said that he'd always, he had to, uh, when he would push, he pushed a couple times on that slick surface on Saturday night, but he let it go. He didn't overreact and, uh, and, and get that tires heated up or anything. He kind of just let it, let it slide and, and kept control of it. That was a hard thing for him. He said to be able to figure out how to do, uh, pushing is better than, you know, sliding sideways or something, you know, and, and then just losing control of your car. And on the slick track, you just got to let it kind of let it go and, and, and keep, keep control of your race car. And that's what Scott Bloomquist has told him a lot. He said, don't, you know, don't let yourself, uh, you know, lose the race because you, uh, you, you push a little bit and overreact. And, and that's what he was able to do. And, and, and he's, he's come along and, and now he knows that that's how he can race. And, uh, I think there's many, there's, there's more crown jewels in, in Chris Ferguson's future now. Yeah. Fergalicious. Yeah. Fergie time. He's looking pretty solid. It's always good when you uh, kick off crown jewel season. I know we've had other 50 K's, but I'm call, talking about the traditional crown jewels, not the blue gray 100. Just kidding, Kyle. Just kidding. Just kidding. But uh, I just want to go there on the room really quick before one more thing of what driver is next on the pedestal to win a crown jewel. We don't have to go too much into detail in it, but I just want to kind of hear your guys' thoughts. I'll go first. I believe he's never won a crown jewel. Um, I'm going to go with my co-host, Tyler Herb. I feel like he's knocking at the door. I feel like he's getting better at long distance races. Uh, he won that uh, big race out there at I-80, I, the, one of the prelims for 30 grand. So he has the capabilities to win a crown jewel. And I think he's kind of maturing as a driver before our eyes, I think he's not going on the wood all the time. And there's certain tracks that he's pretty good at. So I'm going to go with Tyler Herb. Uh, Kyle, who do you got? I guess I'll go with Kyle Strickler. I think, you know, obviously with Eldora coming up next week, you know, he's been running pretty strong. Um, he's been trying to build a foundation underneath him on the late model front with his crew and this full-time guys on the road. And when I was talking with him at all tech, you know, I feel like, you know, he's in that position. And so maybe it could happen next week, you know, so who knows? So I'll, I'll have to go with Kyle Strickler. Big shot, Bob, who do you got? I know you can't pick Dennis Herb Jr. He's won a few crown jewels, so you can't, you can't go with him. Yes. Dennis has picked him up crown jewel. Um, I, I was thinking, I was kind of leaning towards Devin Moran. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong. I don't know if he's won a crown jewel or not, to be honest. I didn't do a ton of research he, he here. But I, dirt, but I don't know. That was in 2018. Whatever you guys decide if that's a true original crown jewel or not, you can go with I'm, whoever. I'm not 100% sure. All of the Illinois haters are going to be bashing me here. I'm not 100% sure I'm sold on that being a true crown jewel that's definitely up for another debate and a conversation down the road for sure and it's going to be a great one that's going to be a, a really good one when we start getting into that but uh but yeah i think moran is is probably the, the driver i would lean towards right now who i think that if he could find his mojo that he had during speed weeks man you know he could he could win two before the end of the year you know because uh he's definitely definitely capable he will tell you otherwise that it is a crown jewel, but Robert, you've been you've been covering this sport longer than he's probably been alive, so we'll go, we'll go with uh we'll go with your thing there. And Devin Moran, he's he's a good pick, and like you said, if he can find that success he had early in the season, that's a damn good pick. A lot of these twenty-year-olds were picking. I know Strickler's a little older, but Kovac, bust the knowledge on us. Who do you got? Prove us all wrong. Who's gonna be the next first-time crown jewel winner? I can, I'm going to break it up real quick though, just as like a national touring driver that I think would be the next one would be Tyler Herb. I, I think, you know, a, a regular driver with the outlaws or the uh, Lucas oil series. I mean, I, I, Tyler won at $30,000 I 80 nationals, which uh, last year I was his biggest win so far, but he has to break through in like a, a, a true crown jewel for 50 grand or whatever. And I think Tyler's ready to do it. Um, national guy and, and I, when I would think of a guy that would be sort of a, a Chris Ferguson not a national touring driver but a guy that's capable of winning on that and has a smack has a more modest team uh, uh the guy I look at there would be a Zach Dome I, I feel like Zach uh, you know especially I mean, he's he's knocked around there he's smooth he he's flirted with some uh being close at like the dirt track world championship at Eldora 
Uh, I could see him maybe doing it. Maybe, you know, if he, he's got, he'd have to get up on the cushion a little bit probably to do it at the North South 100, but, uh, uh, maybe not quite his style, but maybe he could pull it off there. And so I feel like Zach Dome can do it. And if not Dome, I mean, I'm throwing another name out here, but another name probably, probably will, 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 will <laughs> I could see him doing this pretty quickly is Josh Rice, probably at the North South yeah. 100. I uh, mean, I, if you don't see Josh Rice, Josh Rice is winning that race sometime. I agree with that one, Kevin, for sure that uh, Josh mm-hmm. Rice, it's just going to be so hard to keep Josh Rice from winning that race. Yeah, he's doing it. When. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would have picked him because I was kind of on the same path before the show started, but he kind of only attends that crown jewel, and he's never really in contention. He'll be at the dirt track sometimes, and then obviously Eldora, but they've had bad luck there. But if you had to pick one guy one track, he's definitely top tier, like we've talked about it here in the last couple of weeks when he won that race there. So Josh Rice is a hell of a pick. It just I wanted to go with Turbo because he hits up all the crown jewels, so he has a better chance because – he enters them more well guys getting close to the end of the show we finish it with one more thing and i'm gonna go eeny meeny miny robert you go first wow okay uh i think that uh for starters june 1st i mean it's incredible it's incredible that it is june 1st where has this race race season gone right and i guess my one more thing would be as we head towards our, our eyes are on um, the Eldor Million, of course, and we've talked to death about big money, big money, big money. Well, this weekend, big money, the, the big money is at West Virginia, and it's either time for me to say I told you so or for everyone or for the track or whatever to prove me wrong in that – I don't want to bash tracks specifically, and I'm not going to bash the track. I just, people know I don't like big tracks. And I just have always felt like that track is a little bit too big. And I really feel like that the car counts have proven me right so far. The, so far, I feel like I've been with the, the, they just haven't had the car counts there. Uh, I was there when they had 50,000 to win. I might have been there the last time they had 50,000 to win. I can't remember the last time they had a 50K race there. Brian Burkhoffer won the one I was at. I don't know, Kevin, if that's the last one or not. Uh, 2001, same weekend they had the Dirt Track World Championship. I was at both of them, and they had cars like crazy, okay? That's what I would love to see for that racetrack this weekend. Prove me wrong, race car drivers. Prove me wrong. Get out there and and let's get over 30 cars for this race. And you think over 30 for 50K? Well, that might not be a stretch. Let's get, you know, we got to have baby steps. Let's get to over 30 for this Lucas Oil race. You know, that's kind of, I don't know if that's one more thing or what, but that's kind of like where my focus is this weekend is looking at the, the Lucas Oil doubleheader at West Virginia Motor and seeing if they can prove me wrong. And, and by that, I mean, I, I just don't think that it's going to be a, the track with its larger size is going to be a huge draw because it's so hard on equipment. That's just me. It's just my opinion. I hope I'm proven wrong. And I hope that place, one thing is it has done is drawn tons of fans and we got to have cars to continue that. So I want that place to be packed this weekend. Hopefully it will be. Uh, we'll see. That's where my focus is this weekend, guys. Let's prove Robert Holman wrong. Let's get to 32. Be nice to see there. Also, Robert, 2010, the Dirt Track World Championship was there. Earl Pearson Jr. won 50K. So, a little off, but I love your history of gotcha. two races in the same state on the same day. That's pretty legendary. <laughs> it was – I felt legendary at the time. <laughs> Perfect. Kyle, you go next, man. Yeah, Sure. I guess um, I kind of touched on it just like earlier on in the show, but um, I was kind of going through, you know, Facebook and um, after Kyle Bronson's like heated comments and, you know, blunt comments and, you know, he posted something on Facebook and apologized about it. It was a well-crafted response. And I was just kind of looking through the comments and people, you know, just kind of getting on kind of putting, you know, the blame on, the reporters or 
microphones or this or that, you know, point point in case said, I'll keep this brief. You know, it's it's our job as reporters to capture the moment, no matter what that moment is, no matter what emotion comes out of the source or driver or person we are trying to find or seek. And so we can't control what comes out of their mouth. It is our job to capture that moment. And so for like whatever reason, I just feel compelled to say that just as my one more thing. It's, uh, you know, it's our job. It's our privilege. And, uh, you know, you don't have to talk, honestly. Like if you're that heated and if you're that frustrated and if you feel like you're going to say something that could cost you or could hurt your image or like whatever or say something that you might regret, then you don't have to talk, you know, or um you know ask for a brief cool down moment or like whatever you know point said you know it's on that person that driver that source to bridle their tongue and uh understand that you know we have jobs and we have parts to play too and that's to ultimately capture the moment so just want to say that ahead of next week which could ultimately bring about you know emotions obviously and more tension and you know just the stakes of that scene and uh what could play out next week at Eldora. Kyle bites back I, I like it Kyle I like it a lot I mean you're right they don't have to speak to, and and I've had a and we all have probably Kevin I'm sure has has dealt with drivers who have said give me a minute or who have said I don't I'd probably be better off not even talking about that. We've all, we've all dealt with those, you know? So, you know, the biggest problem is a microphone wise, a lot of those guys, uh, when you're doing streaming, they can't wait a minute, you know, it's either it's, it's now or it's now or never, but with us, yeah, you, know, you know, if you don't have to talk to us at the moment, we can come back, we'll circle back around. Still though, it's, it's not the microphone's fault what came out. Oh, yeah, mouth, I don't disagree. Know. I'm not disagreeing with you at all. Right. I, I, I agree exactly. wholeheartedly. I'm just saying that, you know, a lot of times, you know, a microphone and your live streaming and a driver might be feel compelled to, to answer as opposed to say come back when there is no coming back. But he doesn't have to answer at all. He can say, I, I better not say anything. You know, I agree with you. Or you could say three words off the record. That's also helpful too. And then <laughs> yeah. And get fired up. Uh, I've had a several drivers say that, you know, we're just talking. Also, I've had several drivers after they do the interview, hey, will you please not do that or, you know, cut that part out. And I'm, you know, usually pretty good about that. And Kovac, Baton, oh, I guess I'll go first. We'll let Kovac go last. I'm going to go with, so yesterday for 14 hours, I was at the Moran Playground in Dresden, Ohio, interviewed all six family members, including the mom, and we're doing a video piece on the Moran curse because ever since they won the Eldora Million, no Moran's been on the victory lane stage, Devin or Donnie. So we're kind of doing a video piece on them. And by the way, Wiley Moran's a great host. We got to, you know, check out the race shop, see the slip and slide, uh, check out Muskingum County, and man, oh, man, they have the life. Those kids, I just couldn't imagine all four of the boys growing up and just having self a ball and having a good time. So uh, we're going to do a video piece on that called the Moran Curse. So be sure to check it out during the dream and just a little bit after because we're going to follow them or during the Eldora Million and Dream. So should be a good one. We got some great sound bites from the Hall of Famer Donnie himself. So just uh, make sure you check that out and keep your browsers locked in on that. And Kovac, how about you, buddy? Well, I'm just going to throw this little bit of a shout out to our, to our host here, D Suave, Derek. He's off what the happened? market. Hop, he's off the market, ladies. Oh, good. Everyone should know, all the ladies should know that he's now a 100% taken man here. He popped the question on Saturday, a big holiday weekend for Derek Kessinger. Yep. Pops a question to his uh, girlfriend, his lady, Colleen, and goes and and he's now engaged yes congratulations to Derek Kessinger now he he's becoming a big boy he's he's all grown he's gonna be all grown up. 
I guess in about a year, this will that that'll be the ceremony, and it'll be streamed live on Flow Racing um, when uh, when Derek gets gets uh, married. Uh, I don't think he's told. I'm not sure if he's told his uh, his fiance that yet that it's all going to be on live. You know, they'll have a red carpet and everything, so all the the dignitaries that will be there to see Derek tie the knot uh, should be a very exciting time. Uh, probably be an exciting time also for the bachelor party. Yeah, we're all looking forward to that. We're all gonna be looking forward to that, and probably yeah. go to Las Vegas because that's his place. So, and, and during a basketball weekend, an NCAA tournament weekend. So, let's let's look forward to that also. But again, congratulations to Derek and his fiance uh, on their engagement. Yeah, I was hoping you were gonna mention the bachelor party, Vegas, March. <laughs> you guys are all invited. Listeners, if you want to, you know, text me the info, you can probably come <laughs> to because without you, I wouldn't have a job. You guys listening in that home. So, Robert, okay. just get it dialed in. We'll watch Kentucky <laughs> Sweet 16 weekend next year. Kyle Parry will be uh, from the hot seat to a savior <laughs> next year. I'm down. I'm there. <laughs> well, uh, thanks, Kevin, for that. And guys, big week coming up. Lucas Oil Race uh, at Mineral, Mineral Wells, West Virginia for 50K. Uh, the Outlaws will be Friday at Tri-City. They'll be all over. We got regional coverage. Make sure you guys turn in and read all these articles by these three from this past weekend. We'll have uh, Eldora Million coverage, which I cannot wait to read all your stuff. We're going to have video uh, stuff. Steve Smith, runner-up in, in 2001. That video came on the website yesterday. Be sure to check out the videos, articles, and all points in between. We'll see you next week. Thank you for watching The Dirt Reporters. Eldora Million is getting close.